1: Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. <laughs> Omaha.
0: No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop.
1: Well, folks, Script Shop is the name of the show, and uh, that's what you're listening to right now. Hi, everybody. My name's Jack.
0: My name is Allison.
1: And I gotta, hold on, It's we're recording this at night, and I, I just gotta, need to get a little more comfortable. Yeah, you gotta. Untuck this shirt. It's weird. Stop ugh. doing
0: stuff with your pants, Jack. I'm just untucking this shirt. Stop sh- putting your clothes <laughs> It's back on. Stop. I'm I'm married. Okay. This is Allison taking advantage of the
1: medium now to use against me when I was trying to use the advantage of the medium.
0: He's naked. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) He's naked. So this is our podcast where we talk to screenwriters about their scripts. (laughs) And embarrassed uh, co-op hosts who are just trying to do a little bit.
0: I want to make a joke about you're a wiener, but I'm going to do it.
1: <laughs> so you listen to the show because we interview screenwriters about their scripts and they talk about uh, uh, the work that they do and what it means to them and why they're, they're the, the
0: only-, only person in the whole world who could have possibly have written this script.
1: That's exactly right.
0: That's exactly right. We love what we do. We love talking to writers about their stories. So if you have a great story and you want to get on the show, send it in. Go to ScriptShopShow.com slash submit and you can send it in
1: there and we also haven't uh, promoted this idea in a while but as far as i know the hot burrito thing is still a oh, thing right it's still a thing so if you do listen to the show and you're a writer and you want to get us your script but you know that we've got you know that we've got a lot of scripts in the backlog and we're trying to get through as many as we can the trick to doing that is when you send us your script by going to scriptshopshow.com submit send us a message that includes the words hot burrito and that'll put you at the front of the line
0: it really does it's I mean it's still a little pile of burritos that we're working sure. through but it's definitely the first pile of burritos and not the pile of like I was gonna, I don't know no burritos Keep which going. is a sad pile. <laughs>
1: well yeah you'd always if you had to pick between a pile of burritos and a pile yeah. of non burritos. What would you pick? I mean depending on what the non burritos is but if it's nothing then I'm going with burritos. <laughs> it's nothing. Every time.
0: Well it's screenplays in this case but if you're hungry a screenplay isn't going to help you.
1: Yeah if I'm picking between a bunch of scripts that have burritos on them or not yeah, you know How about where she's
0: burrito scripts.
1: You can also find us on uh, Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. If you look up Script Shop Show on all of those platforms, that's where you can find us, and that's where you can uh, connect with us, and friend us, and uh, interact Talk to us. us.
0: Yeah, we like talking.
1: Smash that notification bell.
0: That's your favorite thing to say on the show. I love it.
1: I love quoting what YouTubers say because it's so it's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: just my if, own little joke. Do you
0: know what? You could be like a current teenager. You really could because they all watch YouTube now, and that's what you do all the time. You're
1: so sweet because knowing. That I just celebrated a birthday a few weeks ago. You saying that I could pass for a teenager is maybe the nicest thing anyone has said to me, at least this year. Since maybe in the last decade. <laughs> you
0: didn't have to. You could have just
1: left it amorphous for the I'm listening. I'm just really audience.
0: doing a good job at. Yeah, you're ruining you.
1: You're really busting chops today. I know. This is your thing, huh? Yes. Well, we better warn our screenwriter then about the chop busting uh, scenario that's going on in here this evening. That's
0: right, because today on the show we have Danny Mulvaney, who's given us an 11 page short script called Ignore the Clock. Um, it's an old buddy, old pal short, full of high stakes and assumed miscommunication. Oh, I love your! I, <laughs> Gosh, thank you so you much, ne-
1: you, folks. You have to understand that she never tells me what the summaries of the of the script that she comes up with are before we're actually recording and doing them. So I, I've and having read the script, I'm I know what it's about, and then the fact that she can summarize it with a few like clever turns of phrase in like a sentence. It always makes me happy.
0: I placed third in state for headline writing when I was in high school. Really? So.
1: <laughs> well, clearly, because here we are. Uh, Frank, did we uh, did we get all of our- Patreon.
0: Oh. He's writing Patreon oh, right you now. Oh, are writing Patreon? Yes. What else were you writing? Frank's
1: writing a message to us on our little marker boards.
0: Oh, he wasn't even writing to us. Oh. Well, if you have money that you need to do something with, you should just send it to us. We could use it to uh, program the show, to program some fun, exciting stuff, and we would love your money.
1: Yes. That's 100% true. <laughs> I'm just
0: being straightforward well, it's about true,
1: it. true? You know, yeah, if you and if you want to, you know, if you want to support uh this thing that we're doing, we would love that because we're just doing it uh we're doing it for y'all and we're doing it for ourselves and uh that's
0: where we're at. And that sounds great. Let's um let's uh get Danny on the show.
1: Should we welcome in uh is it do you want to go by Danny, is it Daniel? What what's better for you?
2: Whatever you prefer. All right, Daniel, Dan, Danny.
0: Mhm. What's your mom call you? Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, as all good mothers Sean. do. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Daniel name.
2: Aloysius Mulvaney, get over here. What is your middle name? Uh, Sean. Sean. I am named after the Karate Kid.
0: Oh no way! Yeah, I am. Yes. Absolutely. Are you saying?
1: Are you suggesting that Daniel Sean is your as a Karate Kid? Exactly not exactly right. That's so <laughs> so wild. Why yeah.
2: did she do that? He was definitely my father. Your daddy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dad's a big Pat Morita fan. Exactly right. That's great. <laughs> no, that's so good. And by the way, we're so happy to have somebody actually in studio. I all yeah how you know how happy I am when we have somebody in studio happy to be here. for the show. <laughs> that that's always it, it adds just another dimension to actually being able to make eye contact sure. and have yeah. casual gestures that you can see. It's it's good. That it's,
0: nobody at home can see. Yeah, oh Frank Frank
1: Frank is on Frank fire is, tonight, folks.
0: Frank He's Frank doesn't have a microphone tonight because we have an in studio guest, and
1: also because he can't be trusted.
0: And that's totally the truth here. <laughs> He's taking advantage of the no mic thing to really lean in mm-hmm. here.
1: So, uh, Danny, because you are in studio, that means you must live somewhere relatively close to the Cincinnati area.
2: I do. I live. <clears throat> I live out in the uh, Price Hill area.
1: Okay, so yeah. you're in in Cincinnati. Uh, do you write? Wh- how does writing figure into your life on a daily basis?
2: Wow. I mean, really, when, whenever I get a free moment, okay, really, um, wow. I work a pretty normal nine-to-five job um, that I really like. But, uh, you know, in the mornings when I can wake up early, when I can manage to wake up early, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in the afternoons whenever I have a free moment. Well, okay. couple questions here. Yeah. What's your day job? Day job? I work in the staffing industry, mm-hmm. so I help, you know, people, like temporary staffing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just a pretty normal Nine to five, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. mm-hmm. office gig, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, it's pretty good. And did where did you go to? Did you go to school? Like I uh, did college um, stuff.
2: I did. I actually went to Cincinnati Christian mm-hmm. University over in Price Hill, mm-hmm. and then I transferred to a film school out in Virginia, mm-hmm. um, part of uh, Liberty University. So
0: was that the first time that you'd ever like moved away?
2: Uh, well, actually, I'm from Indianapolis mm. originally, so mm-hmm. it was like the second time I moved away. When did you move to um, Cincinnati? I moved when in 2013. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Was sophomore year of college, moved to Virginia, and then came back. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm
1: so between uh going to ccu cincinnati (laughs) christian and then liberty university i it it feels like it would be safe to assume that religion played some sort of strong role in your upbringing
2: yeah uh for sure i mean we grew up going to church and um kind of went to i actually went to like a private christian high school and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and yeah it was definitely part of growing up and uh, you know still is a little bit you Mm -hmm. know when you grow up you kind of fall away from a little bit and you know
0: trying to figure out what's right for you try to figure it out yeah you get yeah. into
2: the real world and and you realize you know the world is pretty big mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but no um yeah absolutely part of the part of the life
1: but i, I guess what uh, what it was leading to me for was the idea of i mean like you know you you're working at a staffing firm now it in terms of maybe a career path from school a, a church job didn't seem like something that you, you were interested in. No,
2: nah, not really. Um, it was kind of just where I was. It's mm-hmm. kind of just like the community that I found growing up and, and where I was. And, um, you know, now it's, like I said, it's part of the life, but um, now it's more of just like, you know, the church job wasn't really what I was going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It happened to be, you know, at Christian schools, but really, at, you know, from age 20 till. You know, now and further on, um, it's trying to make movies, trying to write mm-hmm. movies, trying to figure out how to do that. When
0: did you start writing?
2: Um, I started probably when I was like 19.
0: What started yeah. you to
2: write? Um, Turn the
0: little keys in? Yeah.
2: I mean, I've always liked writing. You know, I never knew. I think a lot of people would have a similar story. Like, I didn't know that you could write movies. I didn't know that that was something that you could figure out. I didn't know they were written. You know, I just thought they were made and yeah, movie. And, uh, all right, Mr. Downey Jr. Come on (laughs) in. Uh, You're you're right on time. It's
3: great. Uh, Just stand here and do whatever you think feels right. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. No. And, uh, yeah, I think I was, um, in a dorm room just at my first college and I saw, I noticed the credits for the first time. I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, written by whoever. And, uh, I think I was watching like the Oscars one night. Um, Here's the night that, uh, what's that movie with Benedict Cumberbatch? And it's like the code, mm-hmm. the code breaking movie? The, Im- mm-hmm. the
1: imitation game.
2: The imitation game. I saw that guy win the Oscar and I was like, oh, you can, it's a whole thing. It's a whole industry. It's this whole, is, like. I got to just pause.
0: This, yeah. I mean, this is hilarious that you didn't <laughs> know this until your sophomore year in college. No, I had
2: no idea. I'm from a little farm town in Indiana. Totally and, fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. Everybody has different know. paths,
0: yeah. but it, it, it stands out to me because we just constantly deal with these things and you know i come from a childhood of like dreaming of hollywood oh really yeah (laughs) wow and so it's like always been a part of my life so to hear that like you got to stumble into it and see it fresh as a grown-up
2: is really really fun i (laughs) do yeah i do feel a little bit like a late bloomer that's okay i, I mean i'm yeah. still young i'm only like 25 but yeah yeah you're you, you are young that's right yeah.
1: <laughs> um so what was it though about writing for you in terms of you know a, an artistic expression why why did why was writing the thing that sort of attracted you the most when you sort of had these realizations about making film could be a job
2: Hmm. you know I, I, <laughs> it's a tough question i mean it i don't know i don't know it it just seemed like a really fun way to express myself i don't Mm -hmm. i don't do that in a lot of other ways i kind of just liked always like like i said always liked writing always kind of like um you know well it kind of really started with like a love for reading Mm -hmm. like you know if you love to read and you kind of like uh you know see images in your head when you're reading and then when you figure out that you know screenwriting is all about writing images really it's not like uh, it's not like real writing you know it's it's more of just like um what you see in your head and mm-hmm. kind of putting that to paper and at least that's kind of how i try to do it mm-hmm. and um i 'm sorry i don't, i 'm trying to remember your question just
1: curious about like what you get out of it on a personal level do you oh, mean okay. feelings i mean because we 've talked to writers before who 've talked about how they just have these thoughts in their head and these characters in their head that need to get out or they'll they 'll come up with what they think a, a sequence would be that would be really cool or a conversation that they overhear on a bus somewhere <clears> that stays with them and they get to exercise that feeling okay. by writing yeah. it down and building it into something and i 'm just sort of curious what you know on a personal level, what you get out of. Doing you know, being a writer and, and engaging in the writing process.
2: Well, I think at first it was more of like I want to come up with a really cool story that no one's ever heard of and and make it really original. But I'm kind of learning lately that I get a lot more out of it when I make it more personal. Yeah, when I, when I be more a little a little bit more honest, like with who I am, mm-hmm. not be so embarrassed with my with my background, and kind of just like realize that I, you know, when you put more into more of yourself into it, you're going to get more out mm-hmm. of it. And I've been learning that lately. So
0: I hear this a lot, though. I'll have people be like, I have this great idea, this thing I really want to shoot, but it's already been done before. I should research to see if it's been done yeah. before. And a lot of the times I'm like, you should just do it anyway because it's going to be different yeah. coming out mm-hmm. of you.
1: Well, yeah. and also the idea of wanting to do something original that's never been done before and then realizing, okay, maybe I need to tap more into what's in me – those two things still go together. There's right. no other Dan Mulvaney out there who's <laughs> right, writing yeah. movies the Daniel. way you are mm-hmm. Daniel Daniel get it but like trying. you know what I mean like you can <laughs> that 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 can, your own uniqueness yeah. contributes to this unique thing you would want to make right yeah
2: I agree yeah I think part of the part of just learning I mean I've only been really trying to write screenplays for like five years now mm-hmm. and I don't feel like that's a very long time mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of the process that I'm in right now of learning how to do it, learning how to do it the way that I need to do it and uh, putting more like personality into it. You know, I think I'm, I'm learning that for sure.
0: What was the first screenplay that you wrote?
2: Oh man. Okay. (laughs) Kind of funny. Um, the very first thing I ever wrote, I wrote like this pilot for a TV show about, um, This guy and his friends who try to steal Cleveland Browns tickets from like they're like uh season tickets from this old guy who it's I don't know it's so silly but like a like a heist thing yeah kind of like a heist like they go in break into his house and (laughs) steal his season tickets okay to the Cleveland Browns it's so goofy but (laughs) Browns fans are intense (laughs) they are that's well that's kind of the root of it like Browns fans are wild and Mm -hmm. and they they're the most passionate fan base and i don't know i was like 21 at the time
1: why you said that this was a pilot for a series
2: yeah was it
1: i mean so like the idea was like the if you were planning it all out did they steal the tickets in the first episode or was it were you building up to it
2: that was it that was the first episode okay i had no idea where it was gonna go i just didn't want to i didn't know how to write a feature yeah so i was like i'll just make it like a Thirty-minute pilot because I don't know how to write more than thirty mm-hmm. pages. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so. But of course, it could have been a short. What you've mastered now, seeing yeah. how you you know you submitted a, a short here, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't know if I've mastered, mastered it, yet, it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Someday the student will become the master, Daniel Sean. <laughs> so this script that you sent to us, uh, Ignore the, clock, Ignore the in, clock, in terms of things that you've uh, written, this compared to the other ones, this is a story about a couple of guys meeting at a diner, and mm-hmm. they're sort of talking about something, but they're also not, and there's a reason why. Uh, this compared to the other things you've written, how does this, is this sort of in the vein of, in, along the lines of other things you've written or is this a bit um, of a departure?
2: Yeah, a bit of a departure for sure. It mm-hmm. kind of came from just the idea that, you know, I think learning how to write, trying to teach yourself how to write, I think um, I was I was listening to a lot of interviews and a lot of like podcast interviews kind of like this about, um, from Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was talking about how, um, you know, if you're if you want to teach yourself how to write, put two characters in one location and just see what comes out of them. Mm-hmm. And um that's kind of just what happened. I, I okay. was just like, all right, here's two people, these two guys, they're sitting at a diner. What what's gonna happen? And it kind of was just came from that.
0: Were they inspired by anybody?
2: The characters? Mm-hmm. Um I think Donnie definitely just came from a lot of Scorsese movies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a lot of that, probably The Departed, um, maybe like an amalgamation of all those characters, Mm -hmm. but um, in The Other Cop, not really from anything, kind of just from my own. (laughs)
0: <laughs> kind of just like an exercise then where yeah, you're like I'm gonna no. put these guys in here and just see
1: yeah so it wasn't like you had the characters like you hey there's this Donnie character who's like sort of you know in over his head with the cops and trying to get in this thing and I want to put him in a room it wasn't like that it was like okay let me put these two guys in a room who am I going to come up with okay here's a Donnie guy and mm-hmm. here's this Allen guy and let's let's, let's put them together and happens. have them talk
2: yeah and I kind of wrote the bones of it um and then I knew I, I was gonna make it I knew I wanted to make it mm-hmm. and I knew that the way that I wanted to direct it was kind of let the actors come up with their own backstory and kind of, kind of tell their own, put their own inflections on it and, you know, let them change whatever (laughs) lines they wanted to change and kind of run that way. Mm -hmm. And, and so like, I didn't really, you know, I think the, the script here that I turned in wasn't like the script that I wrote really. It, I mean, it is, but like they, I kind of changed it as we were mm-hmm. filming were it, and, it. Oh, okay. And um, I think in this final script, um, a lot of it is kind of stuff that the actor that played Donnie, um, his name's Bill Nally, mm-hmm. um, he kind of came up with a lot of of his own stuff in it.
1: Mm-hmm. So. So, so then what was that like for you as a writer, letting the actors have that kind of input in the production itself? Because, I mean, there's a lot of times when somebody's, you know, I've written this thing and this is, this is the way I want it to be. And then, you know, filmmaking is such a collaborative effort and yeah. you get directors and you get, you know, the sound guy and the lighting guy and everything else. that The work can change because of that in the editing and everything else. And then the actors are adding their own mix to it too. For you as a writer, what, what was it like to let your work uh, be altered in that way?
2: It wasn't really difficult at all for me. I, I think uh, when I got on the set, it was I just kind of like turned that writer brain off. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that I needed to let them do their thing with mm-hmm. it and kind of, kind of make it, you know, say the lines in their own voice mm-hmm. and 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 do their own thing with it. Um, so it wasn't really. It was more of just I kind of just turned it off. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of turned that writer's brain off.
0: I think we should um, kind of run through the script a little bit and give people an idea of what happens Yes, and for sure. then jump into a scene read so we can hear some of the...
1: So in know? the script you've got, we've talked about Donnie and Alan are sitting at a table mm-hmm. at a diner, uh, sort of catching up. They seem to be old friends that haven't seen each other in a while. Alan's a police officer. Donnie is a car salesman. Uh, Donnie is acting like there's... he. Donnie keeps putting off something that Alan wants to bring up to him.
0: Alan keeps trying to bring it up.
1: Yeah, and, and Donnie's Donnie keeps... distracted by the waitress, talking to other people in the place, needs to go to the bathroom.
0: Smoking cigarettes.
1: Yeah, trying to avoid getting into this thing. Uh, and that's more or less what leads us up to where we're at. Do we want to give away the whole thing now or do the scene? and Let's then do talk the scene. About it? Okay.
0: We'll come back to it. So today, um, listeners, we have a special treat for you where Frank is going to be uh, reading for Donnie. Jack's going to be reading for Alan, and then I will be doing all of the action headings for this script today. Um, if you're following along, we're starting on page three. We're going to start with an action heading, a beat of silence, um, three through seven, and uh, enjoy.
1: We're going to have to really make sure to get that beat of silence in there. You'll 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 know that you'll recognize the beat of silence when you don't hear anything. <laughs> That's how you know that we've done that part. I'm pretty excited I get to do a scene with Frank. This doesn't happen really. is this, Frank, is this our first real scene together? be. It might be. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. I'm excited.
0: Okay. So, Allison, whenever you're ready, take mm. it away.
1: Take it away with that beat of silence.
0: <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A beat of silence. Alan sips his coffee and Donnie feels in his pocket. He pulls out a pack of cigarettes. He takes one out and puts it in his mouth.
3: Here, bum one off me.
0: Alan shakes his head. Nah.
3: Not too many of these diners left where you can smoke and eat at the same time. Come on, have one. Alan laughs. (laughs) Listen, I'd love to. Can't. Quit. For good. For Connie.
0: Donnie lights the cigarette. He takes a long draw.
3: You're lying. You're a chain smoker still. I
1: know it. No, sir. Connie made me do it. Thankfully. You remember Connie, don't you? Of course I remember the lovely Connie. How is she? Oh, she's fine. She's alright. She's about to retire herself. Forty years teaching math to high school kids. That's something. Anyway, she said, You gotta quit smoking. You're gonna die before you ever get a chance to retire. I said, Shit, darling, you're right. Damn near a greater threat to me than any other thing I've gotten myself into. Ten years actually. We're thinking Florida. Close to the beach, maybe. Gotta get out of here. All the shit going on, it's time to leave. It's kinda why I asked you here, Don. I
3: I got screwed over, Don. I need Wow. Not too many people can do that, can they? What, quit?
0: Donnie sips his coffee and ashes his cigarette.
3: Did I ever tell you my uncle was a pig farmer? A pig farmer? Jesus, you really were white trash, huh? Fuck you. Did I tell you this one? I don't recall. He was a pig farmer. A damn good one. He won awards and shit. Awards. For killing our food for us. He was out past exit 30, down the road. Anyways, his farm only had room for one boar. A boar is a male pig, and they are very territorial and shit. Every boar has to be the king of the pen. Otherwise, he would kill any of the other males. He was the only one that could do the fucking in that pen. Well, what did my uncle do with the baby pigs? In order to protect them from being killed by their their father, he had to let them grow until they are big enough to where he could harvest their meat for the market. Once they are big enough, my uncle had to take away his young piggy's only threat to the boar.
0: Alan leans forward, intently listening to Donnie.
3: He had to take his knife... And cut the nuts off the pig, both at the same time, if he would. What the hell does this have to do with me? Well, detective, it looks like your wife took the balls clean fucking off.
0: Donnie laughs.
3: Oh, fuck you. Now, old friend, take the damn cigarette. I know you ain't quit. No, sir. Truly done with him. Swear it. You sure? You probably
1: need one, man.
0: Donnie shakes the box at him.
1: Why do you want to kill me, Donnie? I'm done with him.
3: Listen, I asked you here because... All right, all right. Hey, can you fill me up?
0: The waitress walks by to refill the coffee. Alan takes a deep breath.
3: Thank you, hon. You got about nine more minutes. Hey, come on, don't bust your balls. Thank you, ma'am. The
0: waitress walks away.
3: A free meal would be nice. I ain't gonna let them forget if it's too late. You still a hard ass, huh? Always have been. Always will. You know that.
0: Alan watches Donnie Ash the cigarette with lust. It looks so tasty. Donnie notices.
3: You ain't quit, have you? I really have. I'm done with them. But you want one, don't you?
0: Alan blinks.
3: I... You do want one. Yeah, I do.
0: Donnie reaches out the box again. Alan stares at them longingly.
3: Come on, man. Relax. If you really quit, one won't hurt you. Right?
0: Alan stares a little longer.
3: Get that shit out of my face, man. I'm not a
1: smoker anymore.
0: All right, all right. And
1: scene there we go great so that is the sort of the middle of the script and so you've got donnie that's insisting that alan take a smoke from him and it's sort of insidious because alan's making a pretty good case as to why he's quit yeah and donnie is done donnie is really on him to do this but the reason that he's Trying to get him to take the cigarette, which we find out as the script goes on. Because at one point, Donnie goes to the bathroom. He's getting stressed out. He gets exasperated. Donnie goes to the bathroom.
0: Some guy follows him into the restroom.
1: And they have a conversation about the fact that Donnie is there wearing a wire. And he's trying to get Alan on tape talking about this thing that Alan wants to talk about. Right. Because they're
0: old friends. He would tell him this stuff.
1: And Donnie has stonewalled him and tried to deflect and get him to change the topic because he's nervous about screwing over his buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. And while they're spending this time in the bathroom, at one point, Alan reaches over and picks up the pack thinking, all right, to heck with it. I'm just going to have one. And there's a little note inside the pack that says, don't talk. I'm wearing a wire. Yeah. Which is why he was trying to get him to smoke the whole thing in the first place. He's got
0: his friends back.
1: Donnie just sort of comes out and their food arrives. And that's sort of where it ends. And I love that that's where it ends because Mm -hmm. it's sort of it, it builds and it builds and it builds. And there's this big wild moment. Alan knows what's up. Donnie, I think, knows that Alan knows what's up. I think at least one of the other dudes that was watching them and listening knows what's up. But you can't make anybody say anything. It's it's a really cool way to end it, Dan.
2: Thank you. <clears throat> How did you get to that point? To that ending? Yeah. Um, well, I knew that you needed, a, for short films, I think for a good short film, you need to uh, get there late and leave early. Right? And um, that, I, that left pretty early, I would say. <laughs> I really, that's what I was just trying to go for it kind of like a, a what happened Yeah, exactly what you said kind of like you don't really know like mm-hmm. what who's doing what who knows what It's Um kind of open to your interpretation
1: mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of times when I think when I when I've seen people that have either written stuff or if they produce something that they do have a, an ending like that where well I'm leaving it up to you to figure out and there's a lot of times when I feel like that's a kind of a cop-out move right, but yeah. for this script specifically and I really mean this like I really think it works mm-hmm. I, I think the idea of Build, 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 build. Here we are, and then boom—that's the end. I think on an emotional level, I think that really flies. I
0: think so too. It's very suspenseful, and then it like cracks open. And just because you don't decided not to do anything with it, doesn't cheapen what's happened. It just really enhances how big this moment actually is in terms of the short film. Right.
2: Yeah. And visually too, like when we made it, um, I think I think we kind of try to stick the, the landing there at the mm-hmm. end too. And I think we, I think we hold it off Mm. so I hope I hope we did (laughs) was it
1: hard for you as a writer to want to stop it right there and not flesh it out and give a more satisfying ending yeah
2: of course I mean you want to turn it into a feature for sure I mean well, if it it was a feature what would you do what would I make it Mm -hmm. uh yeah, still working on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Put them in a car and see what yeah. happens. Yeah.
0: Put them in a house and see what yeah, just happens. just
2: put one in one location, just
0: the
1: two of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's my it's dinner with Andre. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel like, too, if this were to be stretched out, this scene would kind of take place almost right in the dead center, right? You'd have a backstory maybe leading up to this moment, and then whatever the ramifications yeah, are yeah. of this moment of realization
2: in the diner. Kind of the midpoint, maybe. A massive yeah. shootout
0: immediately Who following. Knows, knows. <laughs> yeah. Donnie A bunch goes of old cops rolling around on tables. Donnie goes
2: into the bathroom
1: to get the gun that's stashed in the toilet. That's right. That Clemenza put and there. Then he comes out and
2: then bang.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the title. Ignore yeah. the clock. So I'm taking this to mean, you know, he's constantly watching the clock on the food. Um, and I think it's a really fun little phrase there because in this diner, listeners, it turns out that if your food's late, you, you get it for free. Mm-hmm. So one of the deflection techniques is of him constantly asking the waitress, how much time do we got left? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you should never do to your waitress. Absolutely never ever. do that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a public service announcement from a bartender, which no. is don't heckle your waitress even if you think it's funny yeah it's a real jerk move it's a hugely jerk move and nobody thinks it's funny nobody
2: never do that unless you need your friend to know (laughs) that is that you're wearing a Well, truly
0: truly. um so how did you come up how did you pull that phrase ignore the clock for to be kind of the metaphorical theme of
2: the whole of the whole kit and caboodle um it's kind of kind of funny i mean i I was eating a, a dove, a piece of dove chocolate one day. Mm-hmm. and I opened the wrapper and on <laughs> the wrapper it said, Ignore the clock. No. That's all it said. I have it. Yeah, I have Aww, it still. That's so really I was sweet. like, "Oh, that kind of fits into what I'm writing." Do you kinda? do <laughs> Do you do the
1: game where when you open up the Dove chocolate and it gets that little message inside, you, you got to close out whatever the phrase is on the wrapper with the words "in bed."
0: Oh, <laughs> ignore the clock. I mean, clock. I've I've definitely played that game. Of yeah, that, of that's that's like when thing. I was like 12. So yeah. you know, again, you're like the perfect teenager. <laughs> that's
2: right. That's right. <laughs> ignore the clock. In bed, in bed. <laughs>
1: okay. uh, so, other than you, the you know talking about how you were sort of this was almost a writing exercise for you uh-huh. of putting these characters into a situation and letting them work themselves out. Once you did build around this plot of Donnie and Alan are friends in some way, and you know Donnie's trying to not screw over his friend, even though his friend might be a bad guy on some level. In terms of the levels of metaphor in the story and what it means to you as far as friendship goes. And, you know, the idea of what we owe to each other. Are there any, were there any thoughts on your end when you were writing this about messages like that?
2: Mm. Yeah, look out for your friends. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, talk about your friends. Who, oh, yeah, I, mean, tell I can us about talk about,
2: your about them all day. Yes. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, yeah. I mean, it's pretty great. Um, so this nine to five job that I have, <clears throat> one of the reasons that I, I love it is that um, I actually work with like, four or five of my best friends that I went to college with. Um, in fact, there there was one friend, um, his name's Clark, and he um, started working there before everybody. And then he was like, hey, you need a job? All right, come work here. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need a job? All right, come work here. Hey, you need it, you know. And so, like, eventually, we all kind of started coming, working at this company. And um, most of them, I just, we actually, we all went to college together. Um, we all still hang out, like, all the time. And I actually was hanging out with them tonight at Northside Yacht Club cool. <laughs> before I came here. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, wing night, Wednesday night. Mm. But, no, I, yeah, um, they're, no, they're just my best friends. And then, um, you know, I have two other uh, really great best friends that live in Virginia still. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're married and everything now, mm-hmm. and, and they're doing great. But Do you let them read your scripts? I let I did. Uh, a couple of them, yeah, were interested in reading it. And so um, one of my friends, Perry, he actually like really helped me with it. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave me a lot of good notes. He's a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about friendship really as a theme of it. But now that you mentioned it. Oh, I man, mean, it's so there. It's like it, what this whole thing's about. Yeah, I, that's kind of funny. No, I yeah, don't. Don't betray your friends. Well, Look the, out for him, you know? And, you know, a, a friend
1: yeah. in need. I mean, this is, you know, Donnie is is in this weird, stressful position, but he knows that Alan is sort of this friend in need that, even though they haven't talked in a while, he's clearly agonizing over whether he's going to completely hang this guy out to dry, even though the cop is saying, hey, if you do this, you're getting off the hook. We won't mm-hmm. come after you anymore. We just want what you can do for us about this maybe bigger fish. And, you know, I mean, Donnie's really sweating this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the friends that you were talking about, uh, Let's say you find yourself in some sort of situation where the law wants you to wear a wire and have a sit down and just let your friend tell this thing that he's going to tell you anyway. I mean, you know, if I'm the police trying to get you to do this thing, you know, listen, your buddy wants to tell you this. Just let him talk. It's that simple. And then we're not going to mess with you anymore. You're going to go back to having your normal successful life and everything's good. I mean, what do you do in that situation?
2: I think you got to do what Donnie did and let them know in the most conspicuous way that yeah. you can. No. The stakes are you know? so
0: high here, though, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even like he met him ahead of time and was like, listen, I'm going to be seeing you in this diner. I want you to know it's a setup. You know, he's trying to send a message. Mm-hmm. While he's under surveillance, right. both audibly and then also, you know, there's two cops sitting in the restaurant watching right. his every move, mm-hmm. and he's trying to pull this off. So the stakes are super high. Yeah,
1: especially for Donnie, because Alan doesn't even know how high the stakes are. Right, right. No. Was it a challenge coming up with different ways for Donnie to deflect the, the the conversation topic? Because he's got a couple different moves between the cigarette and talking to the waitress and having to go to the bathroom. I mean, did you feel like at any point that you ran out of ideas for ways that Donnie could deflect the conversation?
2: No, I, not really, because uh, I think that, <laughs> well, being... Being from the Midwest, you're naturally uh, passive aggressive. <laughs> ah. A lot of people, and um, that mi- makes a lot of sense so for everybody I know now. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God, yeah! <laughs> I mean, so you can learn. About it. <laughs> you can learn a lot of ways to like deflect any kind of conflict that you need to deflect. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's the, the Midwest. Danny, no, I feel anyway. seen right now. <laughs> yeah. My mind is like blown. Uh, you just showed me oh, the yeah. souls of everybody uh, in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Well, are you from here? No,
0: I'm not at all. I'm from Texas. Oh, okay. Which is why cool. I'm always like loud and on it. But it, now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. You
1: got a whole new like formula uh, to apply to all your people.
0: Okay. Like literally every I, single one I of you. I cracked the code for you. Yeah. yeah. That's that's
2: the Midwest. You're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's also led to some really messed up family situations when nobody talks about anything for years. Yeah. Oh, uh,
2: Spot on. Well, yeah, <laughs> just won't acknowledge stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. so
1: you, so this is produced, right? You, this work has been produced mm-hmm. and uh, in the can and, and ready submitted
0: to go to this independent film it, festival. It 2019. Oh, it sure is. Yes. Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much.
2: No, thank you for, uh, yeah, for watching it. I mean, it, it, uh, it was actually made with the intent of getting it into last year. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wrote it in April, and <clears throat> I was like full speed ahead. I was like, we're gonna get it made. We're gonna mm-hmm. get it in uh in time, we're gonna it's gonna make it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take like eight months to edit this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think it was that long, but no, I, I eventually I was like, oh, I'm gonna take my time mm-hmm. and really kinda teach myself a good couple choice. things. Good choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good choice. Yeah.
1: So what was your level of involvement with the production? You said you were involved in the editing, but I mean you were there on set when they were shooting it? Yeah, no, I, I directed it. Oh. Um
2: I I kind of produced it, the whole thing together. Oh good great too. I didn't realize that that's, um, so
1: that's huge. So you I mean, I feel like you're in a pretty unique position then to be, you know, uh, like you talked about being sort of new to a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. still sort of trying to find a, a lot of things out about it. But you've not only written this thing now, but you've also directed and produced it. You've get, you've been able to see this baby, you know, come into the world. That's that's a pretty unique yeah, thing I, for a writer.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky. I, I got really lucky with a lot of really gracious, talented people. I mean, they I didn't know any of them before... I started this. Okay. I I wrote it, and I was like, all right, we're going to try to get it made. And I just started emailing people, like, hey, you want to go get coffee and, you know, talk about the short that I want to make. And that's the thing about Cincinnati. Like, people are just too nice. Everybody will uh, get coffee with you. They'll get coffee with you, and they'll talk. You know, if you're passionate about the same thing, too, like— you know i could talk to those people all day long Mm -hmm. and yeah no i just got really lucky with really really great people who are also very talented and uh no it was it was a a great challenge to kind of do it all on my own but once i found like the team and the crew like everybody put a lot into it and and did it um you know did a great job, in, in my opinion. I was very happy with it. Where
0: did you end up finding all those people? Did you just start researching? Oh, the, the old internet,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, the old mm-hmm. world wide
2: web. What, yeah. like
1: Facebook or Craigslist or what? <laughs>
2: no, not. Um, Looking for actors. I'm, I'm not actors. trying to yeah, I, mean,
1: like, I didn't say adult friend
2: finder. <laughs> 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 to be in my short film tender. No, yeah. I. I, I <laughs> no, actually, no, the, um, you know. P- Everybody has a Facebook now. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has Twitter, Instagram. So I kind of just was trying to find who was making things in, in the area. Okay. Um, found uh, my DP. His name's Ben Nelson. Um, really, really great DP. He's kind of up and coming. And uh, um, found a couple of videos that he made that he put on his Vimeo account. And it was like, okay, I think he, you know, seems pretty talented. Um, he's more than just a camera. He's actually like talented mm-hmm. and um and then the actors I actually found through other short films that were made here. Um there's a writer director named Chris Jekin who made a really great um 30 minute short and that's how I found Bill Nally who he acted um who played Donnie mm-hmm. and um, found him through that. And then I found the guy that played Alan, his name's Dave Gaylor. He was in another short directed by a direct um, Cincinnati director and he was really great in that. So I kind of just like pieced it together that way, like finding, you know, who's doing good stuff, um, who seems like it would be a good fit for this and kind of just reached out to them and, you know, they were very, like I said, I'm very lucky that they wanted to be a part of it.
1: What was your, what was something that you would say was the biggest surprise for you in the process of after having written it and then deciding to go about the effort of Getting it produced, finding a cast, hiring a crew, raising whatever money that you needed to raise to to cover whatever the expense on this film was. The one thing maybe you didn't see coming that that sticks with you the most.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think um, well, I think the first time you make your you know your first like professional thing, you're trying to make like your first like all right, this is like gonna be you know the best thing the I've best ever thing I've- done. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, you realize like how much work goes into it. Um, and how much time you need to devote to it to, to make it as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. I think um, that definitely it, it didn't necessarily like shock me or, or surprise me or anything but I, I guess I, I was surprised that I was capable of working that hard mm-hmm. <laughs> on something <laughs> you know i I feel like it, it was something that I Kind of turned into like a super Danny. I kind of was like, oh, mm-hmm. I actually like am super passionate about this, and I love it, and I'm able to work harder on this than I've worked on anything. anything? <laughs> so because this is your yeah. thing,
1: right? You 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 couldn't expect anybody else to be super anybody if you're not, right? Since you're at the for head sure, of this thing,
2: yeah, for sure. It took it took a lot of enthusiasm and kind of like, all right, let's get the team together. Let's rally the troops here that I've never met and, and see if they want to do it. And um, yeah, that kind of surprised me that I was like, Oh, I can, I can, I can try to do that. I can maybe make a,
3: try to make a career out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well,
2: what do you see
0: being the next steps for the short film and the next steps for your career too?
2: Next steps for the short. I mean, we want to, we've been lucky to be selected uh, at one um, short film festival so far congrats um thank you very much thank you very much it's in watford england oh are you going i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe i'm i'm gonna see it's you know pricey to Mm -hmm. get over there that's still (laughs) cool though yeah no thank you um but i think the next step for me is to try to make another one Mm -hmm. to try to keep making stuff Mm -hmm. you know good quality professional things i'm gonna I'm going to send a pitch video in. Yes, Um, good.
0: He's referring to our uh, opening night film competition, the CinePenet Film Festival with Drive Media House. I'm trying to figure out when this episode will release, and I I think it's way past that. Yeah, sorry. But no, it's (laughs) totally fine because we can say there was this great competition where um, somebody can pitch a video, and then it will be produced in Cincinnati this summer. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what you're bringing in. I will,
2: yeah, you'll see. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so
1: awesome. Well, then, too, the more you're working with people locally, I mean, you discovered a whole bunch of strangers that you Mm -hmm. worked with and were able to connect with on a professional level and on a creative level, and you're, I mean, on on some level, like sort of building like a a, a crew, a stable of people you can go to professionally going forward.
2: Yeah, I definitely want to, well, I think the biggest thing that I uh, love about filmmaking, um, and it, it could be, you know, you could say the same thing about playing a sport, playing a team sport um, is really being collaborative and working as a team Mm -hmm. and kind of like building a community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I really love about it. Um, And I, I was, like I said, just super lucky to kind of like start building this community of, of actors, of crew, um, of kind of building these connections because first of all, they're, they are really great people. Like they, they're just super nice. And, And then kind of, like, developing each other, really. Like, trying to make more stuff so we can get all get better. Like, let's all get better Mm at it, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, rising
1: tide raises all boats. For sure, yeah. Yeah. That's great.
0: If somebody wanted to get in touch with you about this short film, about, you know, talking to you
2: about it or talking about any of your other work, what's the best way for them to do that? You can... uh Well, everybody has social media now, so Mm -hmm. you can can find me on there. Um, My Instagram is Daniel underscore Mulvaney. Mm. Uh, Your
0: mother must be watching your Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't have a silly name. Well, you know, you try to be
2: more professional nowadays, I guess. But uh, maybe not. I don't know. No, you can find me there. Um, Twitter is the same handle, Daniel, or at Daniel underscore Mulvaney. And then Facebook Danny Mm-hmm. Danny. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Dan. Thanks for so much for coming out. Thank you for sending us your work. Uh, I always really like it. A when we get to talk to somebody in studio, and then B talk to somebody who's got work that's that's produced. It's, yeah. yeah, it, it really g- gives a nice, well-rounded uh, a take on the whole thing. So thanks very much for everything. Yeah, really appreciate you.
2: it. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Yeah.
1: Well, there we go. That's uh, Daniel Mulvaney. Yes, who sent us our, the script. Ignore the
0: clock. Ignore the clock. Don't heckle your waitress for free food. Yeah, don't do it. Good advice. You might get tapped by the police. And don't screw over your
1: friends. Don't screw over your friends. Or maybe do Same. because maybe maybe what Alan did is really bad. It's kind of ambiguous. Well, Alan might you be do. a, a That's really the
0: thing. We didn't ask what you would yeah, do. In I don't this want to situation. talk about it because
1: I'm afraid that my the way I'm you, would wired. Would you break? Here's the thing. I, I mean, so much of it would depend on how good of friends I am with the person. What they did. What they did would play a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, because on some level, I mean, you,
0: the it could idea, change it could change how you think about them if what they did yes is, is like so not in line with you.
1: Yeah, and a moral obligation if this person really like if they if they hurt somebody else, mm-hmm. whether we're talking like physically or okay. But what you know, if you stole. were Tony
0: Soprano though?
1: Well, if I was, yeah. But then what would you do? Well, if I am, then I'm not. I'm not going to do anything to help the police because I'm Tony <laughs> Soprano. <laughs> that's but, right. But that's uh, that's uh, but I'm not.
0: I wish that this like. There was another version of you that was Tony Soprano Jack. That mm-hmm. would be really fun.
1: We're, I'm just eating sfogliatelle all the time,
0: <laughs> making things happen.
1: Tony Soprano Jack wouldn't be in this doing this <laughs> podcast <laughs> right now. You that's
0: for wear sure. Your your suit, your your maroon velvet tracksuit. That's Tony Soprano Jack. <laughs>
1: Oof, maroon.
0: I got it. Is it blue? It's blue, isn't it's it? It's gray. Okay, I got to find that picture and send it out on our tweeting things again <laughs> Get some change. so follow us on Twitter because I'm going to post that picture when we release this episode you can follow Script Shop Show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or look us up at scriptshopshow.com
1: and uh, folks thanks so much for listening we really appreciate uh, everything uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes uh, leave us a review recommend us to a friend uh, we're trying to get the word out there about the show and mm-hmm. uh, we, we could sure use your help doing it
0: that's right and we'll see you again here next week until then that's a wrap